to Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you will be blessed by this message from Senior Leader Marty Manuel. First thing I want to say this morning, I want to to talk about, uh, I've titled it, What Am I Projecting? What am I projecting? Um, A lot of people, I've realised this, over the years of ministry, but even before that, a lot of people, and it's more than we would probably admit or recognize, a lot of people struggle to love themselves. Love themselves. It's, I mean, some, there's the odd person who's just, you know, amazingly outgoing and you can just tell they're, they're full of confidence. They're a son or a daughter and they've just been loved and, and it comes easy to them. But a lot of people... Not just Christians, a lot of people struggle to love themselves, actually who they are. And this comes out in how we project ourselves. And so I want to start from that point today because I want to, if all I achieve today is help you and help me understand how much God actually loves you and how much he sees in you, then I've probably achieved what I needed to achieve today. Because if we can grasp with clarity and with even with boldness how much the Father loves his children, that's you and me, and how much he sees you, he sees your heart, he sees your struggles, and he knows all of this stuff, and he wants to bring incredible things out of your life. And even as I say that, what I'm sensing is that some of you are sitting there and, and not believing me. Not, you don't believe me. You think, oh, that's just what pastors say. And you might have watched other leaders and listened to this kind of talk or, you know, motivational guys. And, and you sit there and go, well, it's sort of relevant for everyone else. But it actually isn't relevant for me. Well, you're exactly who God wants to encourage this morning. You're exactly. It might just be one or two or three, but it doesn't really matter. You're exactly who the Holy Spirit told me to talk to this morning. And that is that he has great things for you. He has great things for you. Um, It's interesting that on our journey in life that we sometimes don't stop to have a look at the effect we have on other people. We're so focused on just living and surviving and doing our thing and, you know, trying to build in the best way we know how. Sometimes we don't take stock of ourselves and say, what am I projecting onto other people? What do other people think of me? And it's an interesting question to ask. If you think in the Bible, you think of Peter at the moment when when all of the um, other people in Jerusalem were sort of around and obviously Jesus was uh, being taken away. To, to be crucified. Just before that, Peter denied knowing Jesus. He denied knowing Jesus. Immediately, his insecurity was projected out. What was really in actually came out. Maybe accidentally, but it was three times, so you'd actually probably say, well, it's not too accidental. It just was forced out of him. His insecurity came out. And this is what happens when we're put under pressure or when the rubber hits the road or where there's a moment or a trial or a challenge or someone actually points the finger at us or something happens to offend us, then that's the moment where we're being confronted with the reality of who we are. What projects out of us at that moment? 
at that very moment. Uh, normally, it's, it's not a nice thing. Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to own up. This morning, and this is a little pet peeve of mine, there's a lot of cyclists at Hallett Cove where we live, heaps of cyclists. They're, they're like everywhere, and especially on Saturdays and Sundays. They're like, there's Hallett Coveians here, and they know what I mean. There's just like, they're everywhere. And they use our street as a, as a drag strip, and mobs of them come, come by. I'm, I'm okay with that. But then when you actually try to get in your car and drive anywhere, you got two or three wide. They don't care that you're a vehicle and they're a cyclist. And, and they're just like, okay, so that's one of my moments. It's one of my moments. Is it tooting the horn? <laughs> I didn't this morning. I didn't this morning. I was a good boy. I just sat there and I'm just like, seriously, don't you know? I'm going 60Ks right now. You're going 12 and there's two of you, you know, as wide as you possibly can. And I'm meant to give you a meter. Anyway, so there's my pet peeve over for the day, all right? Hey, awesome, awesome. We need another book, Ryan. We need another book. <laughs> Seriously, so I'm sorry if you're a cyclist here this morning. Uh, but it's just one of my things. So that was a moment for me. I passed the test. I just waited and then I just cruised around when I could and I left about 10 centimetres between the car and... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so that's sort of a very light version. But there's moments, there's real moments like Peter faced. Who is Jesus to you? This is a question you'll be asked in the workplace. It's a question we'll be asked in life. It's a question, it's, it's even a question, I, I yesterday was shopping and I was going through and the, the lady serving was, I, I mean, she was just talking and talking and talking. She's like, I don't even know why I'm saying all this stuff to you and I'm, I didn't say anything. I'm, so I'm, I'm a good listener, which I'm not always a good listener, but I'm learning. Um, anyway, so she's talking, telling me about a child and about this and that and the other and marriage and, and in the end, she said, what do you do? Like, I've never really been asked that as outright as that. But what she was saying was, who is Jesus to you? That, that's the moment. Who is Jesus to you? And I said, hey, I, well, I'm a pastor. She's like, wow, what church? And, oh, maybe that's why I just rattled on all that stuff to you. And that's actually what she said. That's not my version of it. And, and, so, and I'm like, hey, that's cool. You know, I pray you have an awesome day. And, you know, that, that was it, you know, that was it for me. But it's those moments, those very little moments where we have a choice. Are we embarrassed of Jesus or are we proud of him? It's very easy to be embarrassed of him because what the world projects onto Christians is that it's boring, it's negative, we're judgmental, uh, nothing really happens, maybe we're hypocritical, and that, you know, it's just, you know, just this thing that's an age-old thing that's not even relevant anymore. And, that's, and we get that projected on us all the time, don't we? All the time. And, and so we can begin to come under this spirit of insecurity and fear in feeling like, oh, maybe I'm not proud of who I stand for anymore. Maybe I'm not proud of Jesus anymore. And then we, when the moment comes when we have an opportunity to stand for him, we actually project that insecurity and fear. We actually project that and, and we actually, like Peter did, we actually say, oh, Oh, I used to go to church. <laughs> or, you know, oh, yeah, I, I, I do that sometimes. And straight away, 
our pressure point inside of us is being pricked, it's being touched upon, and what's really deep down within us comes out. And it's at those testing moments then we actually begin to find out who we really are, who we really are. Because it's, it's, you know, it's easy to do a whole lot of things and uh, it's easy coming to church and worshipping like this because it's just a great atmosphere and great worship and music and everything like that. But at those other times, that's when we need to really ask the Lord, who am I deep down? Who am I when I'm confronted? Who am I when those trials of life, when those challenges, when those people types that I've never really got on with before are around me everywhere? Or, you know, some of those situations where, where we just are tested to the core of our very being. That's the moment when we have a moment like Peter did. Deny or stand up for. And so I want to um, turn to Luke chapter 6.45 and just quickly read Luke chapter 6 verse 45. I'm waiting just for you guys. <laughs> Luke chapter 6, 45. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. You've probably been around people that... Um, and, and we've all probably been in this camp at various times, but you just, without them even talking, you just feel, feel something. You just feel something. Now, it can be good or it can be bad. But it's interesting, this, this verse talks about out of the mouth, uh, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. But then in, you don't have to turn there, but I'll, Matthew chapter 6, 22, it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. It's interesting. Here, we're, here Out of the eyes. So you don't even have to hear anything. Yeah. You don't even have to hear anything come out of someone's mouth. But we emanate who we are in our atmosphere. Yeah. And when we're around people, uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting, especially if you ever try preaching in front of a group of people. I mean, you guys are awesome. You're emanating good things. Good things. Some of you got some Tommy on. Some of you got some other fragrances. I like it. I like it. But it's interesting when you get around a bunch of people, especially if you have to go into a challenging situation, you don't even have to, no one has to say a word. You can feel judgment coming out of people. It jumps out of them. They'll stand there with their arms folded. They'll look at you over their glasses. They'll do anything they can to intimidate you. Anything they can. It's judgments. It's criticism. Why? Because they're insecure. And it's interesting that there's, there's three postures, if you like, or three states of the soul, three states of the soul that I want to just bring out this morning and summarize for you because I think this will be helpful to some of you. And others will know this already, but it might just put some vocabulary to it. The first one is pride. Pride. Pride is a state of the soul. It's, it's an issue. It's a really big issue. And it's interesting that it's something that we don't recognize until the Holy Spirit makes it, light, lights it up for us. And um, 
in my earlier years, I, I was quite proud, quite proud of all sorts of things. And I realized that out of pride, I mean wrongful pride, out of wrongful pride, as in thinking I know better, that's pride, thinking that 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 person or that ministry or that style just isn't quite up to par, that's pride. Straight away putting myself above in a posture looking down, that's pride in a, in a wrongful way. And there's two things that come out of pride, judgment and criticism. Judgment and criticism. A proud person judges, judging, judging everything that's going on. Hmm, I don't like what that person said. I don't like that music. I don't like this. I don't like that. It's judging. Judging, judging. Now, of course, we're going to have opinions. But what I'm talking about is posturing ourselves above, especially where we have no realm or authority, and then we think we actually have, have earned the right to have an opinion. I mean, it, it's crazy. I, when God highlighted to me my pride, in fact, it was when we went and did a healing week, just like we're doing this term, in sort of an abbreviated version, we went all the way to the UK, to the island of Jersey, and Karen and I were, we just knew we needed, we needed um, heart refreshing and healing and strength and, and all that good stuff. And I remember the first two days I spent judging every speaker who was there. <laughs> and then by day three or something, they start to get to judgments and criticisms, and I'm like, all right, this is why I'm here. So I'd got them all out of the system. Already prejudged every speaker, the worship, the everything. You name it, the building. It was an old, you know, smelly old building or something. And it's interesting that I'll just share with you a secret. It's interesting the, the things you do to avoid uh, the real confrontation of healing of our own hearts. I think I downed about 10 packets of lolly snakes in those first few days. <laughs> you know something's coming. He's after you. Holy Spirit wants holy person. And so that was, that's just one of my things. But I so straight from my notes, I don't really even know where I was going. But where, where was I? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I should stick to my notes, shouldn't I? Don't distract me, Jill. <laughs> Pride. It's a huge one. It's a huge one in the body of Christ. Think about it. And this is our heart for our church family. If it, This is just like family meeting. Here's a big deal for us as the senior leaders. And that is that we would be a people that would never judge any other church or any other Christian leader or any other Christian movement. It's, I'm telling you, it's so powerful. It is attractive. It is attractive. When we haven't, someone will come and they'll, they'll do that, mo, that Peter moment. They'll come to you and say, oh, what do you think about that guy? And, you know, with, even with that, that tone. And that tone is, is the fishing hook to send out to you, what do you think of that guy? Ready for you to go, ah, oh, yeah, I didn't like what that guy said or what that, rah, 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 rah. And it goes downhill from there, doesn't it? Goes downhill from there. Uh, this is pride. This is judgments. Now, of course, in a, in a close confines between husband and wife, you're going to share things and there's going to be honesty. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those moments where we have a choice 
to either deny the truth or speak the truth. And so actually standing up and say, well, you know, it doesn't matter to me. He's doing a great job. She's doing a great job. They're doing their best and we're going to choose to bless them. And, and it's so attractive. It's so attractive when we are people like this. And do you know what the great thing is? We are. We are like this. And, and it's, it's an inviting, it's an openness, and it means we can, we can emanate freedom to other people. Anyway, so the, the second area, state of the soul, is rejection. Rejection. Now, there's a whole lot of things I could cover off in a whole lot of things, but these were just three that came to me uh, as I was preparing. Rejection. And the two traits that come out of rejection, and there's probably a lot more, insecurity and fear. If we suffer from rejection or we walk in rejection, then we're normally going to emanate and project insecurity and fear. So therefore, when we're around people, we will normally emanate something that is, is repelling, repelling even of ourselves. That's why I started this whole day with saying, please, whatever you do, if you hear anything today, it's know that the Father loves you and that you are not rejected. You are not an outcast. You are not a mistake. You are not just an incident. It doesn't matter how you were conceived. God planned you being here. And he has a destiny for you here on earth and a destiny in heaven. We have an earthly destiny to fulfill in our lives, don't we? Which is, which is temporal and it's for a while. But then we have an eternal destiny. And our eternal destiny is partly the, the greatness of our eternal destiny is, is, is incredible. We don't even know how good it's going to be. But some of that is determined by our destiny here on earth. And us reaching the fullness of our destiny. Each and every one of us has a calling in God. Every one of us is called to be a believer and a minister of the gospel. Each and every one of us in whatever realm we're in. And it's an exciting thought just to shake off any misnomer or any preconceived idea we might have that it has to look a certain way or be a certain way. Uh, you know, these days, I mean, there's things that, that I have to get over my own judgments and preconceived ideas about, you know, I mean, I heard a guy, no, I won't even go, that's just going to get me off track. But there's things that blow your box, don't they? It's like, whoa, are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to preach the gospel in those places or do that? It's like, wow, that's full on. Um, but that's okay because when we, when we come as a son or a daughter, we go, wow, that's awesome. It's not my calling, but it's theirs. See, this is half the problem with rejection is that we think we're going to miss out when you're not. You never miss out. If we walk as a son or a daughter, and we realize who we are, and we hear his voice, and we all struggle with this. I, I struggle with this, working out, all right, what are we meant to be doing? Are we doing everything God's got for us? Is there other things we can stretch out and do? And, and you know, and there's, you know, that, that sometimes that fear of missing out, because you see other guys doing things, and other people maybe getting jobs or careers that you wanted or wanting, and and, and there's that little element of fear, little element of insecurity and fear, which stems from rejection thinking, wow, maybe the father's forgotten about me. But he's never forgotten about you. He's never forgotten about you. All your steps are monitored by him. They're ordained by him. And so if we stand in that authority, all of a sudden rejection lifts off us. It lifts off us because it's like, wow, 
I'm not rejected. It doesn't matter how bad your life has been and how much man may have rejected you. God has never rejected you. He, his eyes are on you. And he's roaming to and fro across the earth seeking who he can really, really, really bless. That's my version. The last one is a really good one and it's called sonship. It's the opposite to the first two. Because when we walk in the spirit of sonship, that's daughters and sons. When we walk in a spirit, we know our father and we know that our father is going to look after us and he's not going to reject us. See, sometimes we've been tainted by human fathers and mothers and family situations. So we have a warped concept of what the heavenly father's like. But the heavenly father is the ultimate heavenly father looking after you and me and wants to bring out the best. He doesn't send the catastrophe, but he will bring us through the catastrophe. He doesn't send the trial, but he will hold our hand through the trial. And when we recognize that, wow, he's been trying to draw me out all these years. He's been trying to bring me through this stuff all this time. But I've suffered from human rejection. I've suffered from my own judgments, my own pride, thinking I know better. Here's, here's, here's the thing that hit me. I, I was so judgmental about maybe ministries or, or, or even just, I don't know, groups or whatever it might be. And I was so judgmental. And what I realized when we were in Jersey, that's right, I was back at Jersey telling that story. Then I got onto lolly snakes and I got totally distracted. <laughs> but in Jersey, what hit me was the conviction of the Holy Spirit of my own pride, my own judgments. I was judging ministries of 10, 20,000 people. And here I am with nothing. What right do we ever have to judge? I mean, you only even have a right to even speak if you've actually done it. If you've never done it, forget about ever judging it. You've never been there, never seen what it's like, never understood what it's, what it's like. And that's what really hit me is how much I thought and how little I knew. And that's a moment of humility. And that's actually a good moment. It's a really good moment. It's a healthy moment. Believe me, you'll be glad I went through that moment. But it's a healthy state when we recognize what we're projecting. What are we projecting onto our friends, our spouses, our families, uh, our atmospheres? What are we emanating? Because all of us, every single one of us, have a well of pure water waiting to come out. I want to give you an example, a very practical example, to sort of finish this thing. I was... Uh, this week, pulling uh, uh, out of our water well, I was pulling, uh, okay, I'll give you a little lesson in water bore construction, but basically you have a hole, right, it's a tube, and then at the middle of it you have a pump on a column, and uh, our pump was stuffed, and so we had to get the column out, and so four or five of us are all there pulling this thing out of the hole, and um, it was some serious work, I can tell you that. And... What I realized was uh, it was only some months before I'd had water, you know, pumping out of this thing as beautiful, fresh water, high volume, and it was really, really good. And then something went wrong and it wasn't coming out anymore. And I, I'm doing this and I'm thinking about what I'm sharing today and I'm thinking, isn't it interesting that each and every believer has an incredible, in fact, the same source, exactly the same source of the water of life to tap into? 
Every single one of us. It's not like someone's got the, the gold version and someone's got the bronze version. It's annoying when you fly around. I used to fly around a lot for business, for, for business and it's like, oh, I just wish I was gold, you know, because then you get the nice lounge and the nice food. And Anyway, that's a little pet peeve of mine as well. All right, we're coming clean this week. But every single one of us has the same water of life to tap into. But the vessel, the column and the pump determines whether that well of water is going to flow out of us or not. Or maybe it's just going to spurt out every now and then. And the difference is phenomenal. The difference is absolutely phenomenal. When the pump's working and everything's going fine, the amount of water that comes out of that thing is incredible. And that's the potential that you and I have in this room today, right now, to tap into that well of his depth and his life and not be burdened down by our past rejections, not be burdened down by maybe even our own pride and arrogance and things that block us from actually intimacy with the Father because he doesn't like it when we're proud. He really doesn't like it when we're proud. I've learnt that one. But when we, if we think we know better, watch out. Watch out. Watch out. Because it puts a distance between you and the Father. It puts a distance between you and the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've wondered why Holy Spirit's never really performed miracle signs and wonders through you. Have a look at your heart. Because I've, I, I know that it wasn't until I came to a place of actually humbling myself in this area, that's when I realized that there's actually a flow of the Spirit that he is like a dove. And a dove doesn't like landing or operating through a hardened statue person who thinks they know everything. He likes to operate through the body of Christ. Humble, consecrated, loving, all, all those other words. And so when we recognize that we're a son or a daughter, well, we just, we just put the pump straight in the well. Get rid of rejection. Don't operate out of that stuff anymore. Sometimes there's forgiveness that we need to go through and other steps that we take. And that's why we're doing the, the Supernatural School this term is specifically for that. So that the water of life can flow through you and through me with as much power and love that is possible for a human being. And when we achieve that, it's phenomenal. When we really achieve that, and, and I've realized that, that this, this avenue of going in deep as a son, actually sons release two things that I can identify. Freedom and generosity. Sons and daughters of the Most High know they're free. They can't really be controlled by people. Even when people try and control them, they're just like, whatever. But they're also generous. They're also generous. They're generous people. They're happy to give. Why? Because they know the Father's going to look after them anyway. It doesn't really matter because they're not, they're not going to miss out. The orphan's not rising up saying, what if that person's promoted and I'm not? That's the orphan. But the son says, well, hey, bless them anyway because I know when I sow, I reap. And I know the heart of my father and it's not to promote one and demote another. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is that we would all be sons and daughters, that we would all in his family rise up into our callings and destinies. And so we actually, we can take the blinkers off and go, wow, hey, it's okay. So what's our main, main thing then is to get to know him, get in his slipstream, you know, get in his well so we can hear from him and, and don't worry about what other people are doing, other promotions, other situations, but say, hey, Lord, I'm your son, I'm your daughter. 
Remember me? <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, but I'm back. And, and it's time that I want to actually see my destiny fulfilled. I want to see those great things that I've heard, even over other people. In fact, you can steal someone else's prophecy if you want to. Do whatever you like. I'm telling you, it's true. I have at times, I have at times stolen someone else's prophecy because I thought if that's the father's heart for a son or a daughter, well then wouldn't that be the same for me? Now, I'm not saying if it's really specific, like you're going to marry this person you're already married. But what I, what I mean is that the heart of the Father, the heart of the Father is that all of us would rise up in the kingdom. All of us would be promoted. Not that one person would get, you know, you're going to lead the revival for all nations. No, it's just not going to happen like that. He's sure he uses individuals, but his heart is that the body of Christ would rise up and that we, we would come into the fullness of our destiny as, as the body of Christ. So let's stand today, and I want to pray for everyone. Here's a, here's a key. When, when we're looking at what we're projecting, one of the keys, I think, is to project faith. And if you don't feel faithful, just pretend that you're faithful. <laughs> because, I tell you why. I mean, you know this is true anyway. You've done this. I'm sure you've done this. It's not just me, some weirdo up here. I'm sure you have declared the word of God over your situations when it just wasn't there to declare. See, you're fakers as well. Faithers, faithers. But it's true. Sometimes we have to activate our faith even though we don't feel like it, even though we are not seeing the situation. We have to decree it. We have to stand in it. And we have to actually then begin to activate it. It's why we love worship. It's activating our faith. It's activating. And so this is an area we want as a body to grow in this year is activating. Here's a practical way you can do it. Come early for church. I'm serious. I would love it if next week you all set your alarms 15 minutes earlier and come at quarter to 10. And I'm telling you, some of those people who are latecomers and aren't here today, they'll be like, what? What are all these people doing here? It's 10 o'clock. Okay, it's a really practical thing. But honestly, I would love that. I tell you what that shows me is that these people are switched on. These people are switched on and they're willing to activate their spirits and say, I want to be there for worship. I want to be part of the body. I want to carry this thing. And, and yeah, I don't want to put a heavy on if you're late. I'm not checking. And we've just got a little scanner at the front door. No one. <laughs> but it's just one of those little ways we activate our faith. Activate our faith. Giving is a brilliant way to activate faith. Give. Generous. And again, if you don't feel like it, begin doing it just because you know it's the word of God. You know it's true. And you begin and then that well begins to be tapped into. And there's a whole host of other ways that we won't go through. But today, I, I want to just decree and pray over everyone. And if, if you want to just receive an upgrade in this area of what you're projecting and, and purifying your heart, and, um, then I want to pray for you. Lord, we pray today for each and every one of us, Lord, with that hunger in our hearts, that hunger in our heart that says, Lord, we don't want to limit you. We don't want to limit 
your kingdom being released in and through me. We don't want our insecurities and our fear and our pride to get in the way of the kingdom of God being released in and through us and the fullness of the destiny that you have for us. And so, Lord, today we do business with you. We confront you, Lord Jesus. We don't deny you. We confront you today and we say, Lord, have your way in us. Lord, have your way in us. Let me not be ashamed of your name. Let me not be ashamed of the gospel. Let me not be ashamed of your love and your power and your presence. And so, Lord, we ask today that you would come and consecrate us again in your power and in your love. Lord, that you'd bring your truth through us. Lord, that we would be those who can convey the kingdom, convey the kingdom. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, what you're building. Lord, we pray in us, even this week, there'd be an activation and a projection of faith in areas that we've never done before. And Lord, I just speak that out over us, Lord, a house that would project faith into this community, faith into this area, into this region. We speak faith. Lord, we project faith. And Lord, we stand in your word that is always true, always righteous, always honours your heart. And Lord, we just ask that you'd fill us again with your spirit and with your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.